teaching uh, a few weeks back on watering your seed. And uh, if you didn't hear that, I would recommend it. Uh, tonight, uh, this is a, a message uh, about going deeper. Uh, because a lot of folks from that message uh, were commenting uh, as that was kind of like part of the message, but not really what we were doing about the need to go deeper. And uh, I said to them, you know, well, this, that's like a whole topic in itself we can go deeper on. And so tonight we want to go deeper on that topic. Uh, I want to focus tonight on what it looks like to go deeper. It could be a nice phrase, but if you don't really give folks a picture of what that looks like, it's vague. And we certainly can find a picture of what it looks like. Um, there's a situation we can all find ourselves in at one time or another in our Christian walk. Uh, and it could go uh, maybe for examples like this. People could say, yeah, I go to church. I used to really like it, but now I'm bored. Uh, people could say, my prayer life seems so stale. Uh, it wasn't always that way, but it is now. Uh, people could say, I read my Bible. I really used to be enthused about it, but now I don't get anything out of it anymore. It just seems such a dry experience. Others might say, I used to like to worship at church, but lately, I don't know, I just can't get into it. Um, some will say, you know, I really don't know what I suppose, I'm supposed to do in the body of Christ. I know they talk about serving, but I don't know, what would I ever do? What could I ever do? Where would I serve? Others might make comments like, you know, I really don't have any Christian friends. I'd like to, but I don't even know how to make them. Others might even say, you know, I don't really seem to have any more interest in sharing the gospel. Uh, people, I don't know, heaven or hell, don't really seem to have too much of an interest either way. Now, we could go on and on, and I'm not looking for hands, but I'm positive that many of us could have raised our hands where we've had that experience uh, more than once in our lives, in our Christian walk over the years where uh, maybe even tonight, if that's you, you might say, oops, that's me. Uh, well, that's being honest. That's being honest. Uh, there's a lot to look at here, but to be brief tonight, uh, many folks in the body of Christ are in complacency. I'm not talking about this particular church, these particular people here tonight, but in general, many folks in the body of Christ are in complacency, and uh, they feel frustrated. Uh, some feel stagnant. Uh, they don't feel satisfied in their, what we would call their Christian walk. Um, ex you know, experiencing challenges like this are not uncommon, if people are honest. They do experience this. And of course, I'm not here tonight to scold anybody or make people feel down. I would rather instead offer you hope tonight. And uh, these statements I mentioned also often have the uh, phrase, I used to. In other words, there was an enthusiasm here about a lot of these things, but it's just not there anymore. And uh, maybe at one time or another in their Christian walk, uh, they felt enthused about things, but no longer. So why? Well, it's a very simple, profound answer. You need to go deeper. That's the very simple answer to this. You need to go deeper. Every one of us, at some point in our Christian walks, perhaps at many points, need to go deeper. You started out good, uh, but the ground around you no longer holds the water you need to satisfy you. You've got to go deeper to find deeper water. 
the real man of God in you, the real woman of God in you, uh, your spirit man is craving for more spiritual waters because we tend to be starving them. And they don't like to be starved. I don't blame them. Uh, you know, trees do something very interesting uh, in a very similar way. Not all trees, but most trees do this. If they're parched for water, one thing they do, among other things, is they start to go deeper, to get deeper roots, to find the water they need. Especially in times of drought, they dig deeper. Other tree roots expand out. It's, it's a different concept. But a lot of trees go deeper. Uh, so we also need to recognize there spiritually, there is a depth uh, to us to, that we need to recognize. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, it says, a, man, a plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. You know, Father God for all of us has a plan for our lives, individually, absolutely. I, we, we don't have clones here. If anything, we should be clones of Jesus, amen? And he is differently expressed in each and every one of us. And that's good. That's a healthy thing. Uh, but we need to realize there's also a corporate plan he has for his church. And you are part of that corporate plan. So we need to discover this. We need to find out where we can draw deep waters that are in us to pull them out. In Jeremiah, a similar concept in chapter 17, verses 7 and 8, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its root. This is the kind of tree that grows out. That extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But it leaves, but it leaves with leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. All of us experience the heat of life. And I'm not saying that because I don't like hot weather. All of us experience the heat of life every day in different ways. It's life on planet Earth. But it doesn't have to scorch us. It doesn't have to dry us out. We can still thrive even though the heat could be on us in life. And we all go through that at one point or another. Uh, and we see here that uh, water and fruit in this Jeremiah scripture are connected. So there's a need for us to have deeper waters in him. And we always go, we can always go deeper. It's always available to us because fruit is a very much the issue, which we'll talk about later tonight. We all at one time or another uh, have had... Um, this need in our lives to walk with the Lord, and in many different ways in our walk, we need, we realize that uh, we need to go deeper because we can't live on yesterday's water anymore. We need to grow and get deeper and more of it. You may have been drenched in the Lord and of days past. How about today? What's happening now? Um, little babies don't drink as much water as, as grown adults do. I would guess because we're bigger and we need more water. We're meant to grow in Christ. We're meant to grow up and not have our growth uh, stagnated or stunted. We want to grow in Christ, but we need the deeper waters to draw from. All of us do. Yesterday's prayer life won't carry you tomorrow. Tomorrow's prayer life will need to, tomorrow's prayer. Scriptures you put in us to, and you put in yourselves today um, won't do for tomorrow. 
I'm not talking literally the next day, but I mean in the days ahead, in our future. Tomorrow's future requires the Word of God for tomorrow. So as believers, we're, we're never meant to coast. Hey, I'm going to heaven. Isn't that nice? We were meant to accomplish and go on and do great things in His name. He infuses us with the strength to do this. As the Bible tells us, we grow from one degree of glory onto the other. However, there is a misconception that this is just a, a, an issue of prayer intimacy. No, it goes beyond that. Now, that's a shocking thing for some people to hear. Uh, prayer intimacy is a huge foundational key when you want to go deeper with the Lord. He talks to you, but he tells you how to work out your salvation, what you will do with your lives in the days ahead, what works, what fruit you will accomplish that he's appointed you and I to do. If you think about it, just to know him and not doing anything with that, what's the purpose? Unless you live as a hermit all by yourself, you and the Lord, okay, that'll work. But that's not how we live. Somehow he speaks to us and we're to take what He gives us in our time in prayer, in our time in the Word of God, as the Word of God talks to us, and we do something with it. So yes, He speaks to us, no question about it. And we need to go deeper in prayer. He'll speak to us as we go deeper into the Word of God. But He'll also address the relationships we'll have with other believers. That's part of going deeper. He'll discuss with us uh, our serving in the body of Christ. That's part of going deeper. And he'll point out to us our attitude that we have towards those around us that don't know Christ as their Savior. So surprise, it's more than just prayer and going deeper in the Word of God. It's what direction he gives you and I to go in and serve him from those times of prayer, from those times in the Word that matter. That's the going deeper in Christ. It's not just, let's just pray more, let's just be in the Bible more. That could be just works. That's not it. It's pursuing Him, but when we pursue Him, He talks to us. He gives us vision. He gives us something to take out of His presence, and it won't be to serve self. It'll be to give ourselves away as we see others. That's truly going deeper in Christ. Uh, did you ever consider... Uh, coming to Christ, getting born again, is it uh, being a recreated human spirit is a very selfish experience, right? He has everything to offer me. I have nothing to offer him. I receive his off offer of abundant life to be lived through me. He rescues me from the fires of eternal destruction. That's a good deal. I can't earn it. I can't pay for it. All I'm required to do is believe him and receive. That's a pretty good deal. But growth in Christ, however, is an extremely unselfish experience. There's a dying to self journey that we all must take after finding Christ as our Savior. And it's not something, oh yeah, I've done that journey, let's go on something new. No, it's something we will continue to do this side of heaven as uh, we become less and Christ becomes greater. The John the Baptist concept. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, Paul says regarding his self-life in this world, I die daily. He just says, I die daily. Uh, in uh, Galatians chapter 2, Paul says this about himself, I have been crucified with Christ. 
That means I'm a dead man in this world. Isn't that a bizarre statement? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, who delivered me, uh, who, and delivered himself up to me. Wow. So Paul's instruction in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Wow, I should no longer live for myself. You know, and if we're honest here, just about all the Christians I've met in life really live for themselves. <laughs> they like to think they're living for Jesus. By the way they live their lives, they ain't doing that. They're trying, thank God. But a lot of believers live for themselves. Uh, and... Um, Again, I'm not here to pick on anybody, but that's wrong. That's not what the Scriptures tell us. We are to no longer live for ourselves. But we need revelation from God to understand what that means. This isn't my mind that's going to figure this out. God has to bring me revelation for myself and my own personal life. What does that mean for me? What does that look like for me? So if we hold on to the selfish part and say, no, I don't want to do this, well, welcome to misery this side of heaven. Because the most unhappy person in this world is not the sinner on his way to hell. The most unhappy person in this world is the believer who knows how to walk with God and refuses to. That is an unhappy person. Because Holy Spirit's God is hooking you and he's pulling you towards him and you're pulling your head away. No, no, no. And that involves pain. No, I will not go to the way of intentional sin. I will hate sin. I will hate the works of darkness. And by his grace, I'll walk in a manner pleasing to him. That's happiness, this side of heaven. If we resist, that's unhappiness. That is the way it is. So some people make themselves very miserable by their own selfish choices in life. Uh, so we need to be inquiring of the Lord in our prayer time, how do I die to self? Uh, we tend not to ask these tough questions of ourselves in life. These are challenging questions we tend to avoid because there's a cost attached to it, a cost to my personal uh, well-being in my, my mind, my personal selfish uh, wants and whims. Uh, but yet, uh, that losing of comfort we don't want. But yet, it's a question we must ask. Um, many do want to go on in Christ, but they become stagnant. Because going on in Christ always requires deeper waters. Things that maybe you tolerated in your early days as a believer, you can't tolerate as time goes on. There's a call to deeper and deeper and deeper. Things have to be let go that when you look back and go, why did I ever do those things? Because we need to go deeper. We need to have those deeper waters. Growing in Christ requires, always requires, deeper waters. We need to be cross-seekers, God-chasers, seeking our own death to self on the cross and his living presence means everything. These are the real believers this side of heaven who walk not for themselves, but truly to see the kingdom of God advance. So, heavy questions. How do I go deeper? I'm glad you asked. Uh, going deeper, I think we're seeing here, is a lot more than just getting Bible knowledge. Although for some, that's real key. Very, very important. 
Uh, it, yes, they do need that because um, they lack perhaps the Bible knowledge they need and understanding of the Word of God. Uh, but you have to do something with what you're receiving in. Having all that Bible knowledge or understanding isn't for you. It's for you to give away even more. Um, we need to relate to one another in the body of Christ, His church. We need to go deeper in God, going for deeper waters and dive right into them. So, there's five purposes of the Lord's church. We used to have a big um, uh, sign this side of the church that had the five purposes of the church. I don't know how many years we had that there. Many, many years, and I don't remember why they took it down. But it was there for many, 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 many years, the five purposes of the church. And um, indirectly, I just did mention them to you. But just in case you didn't hear them too clearly, let's spell them out. I think we have an overhead uh, PowerPoint slide for that. Uh, PowerPoint slide, is it up? Oh, there it is. It's up there. Okay, good. I don't see it there. Okay, great. Um, we need to memorize this. It's a simple thing to memorize. The Lord's church, that's you and me, and when we gather corporately, have five purposes. Worship, discipleship, fellowship, service, and evangelism. Now, each of these are important. If a church does not pursue this, they will become stagnant, and they will not be doing life as a New Testament church should do life. In fact, they'll become a dysfunctional church if these are, or parts of these are forgotten in the year of church life. Somehow when you plan church life, this all has to be included somewhere in your church calendar of sermons or activities or things you plan have got to touch these somewhere during the course of a year. If you neglect them, you're not doing New Testament church properly. We need all these in our lives. Now, this is not new to us at Grace and Peace. We've mentioned this over the years many times. Um, worship and discipleship, for example, here, address the inner man. Uh, fellowship, service, evangelism are all works of the outer man. But all these five, we can also apply to us personally, not just as a corporate church. So going deeper is not the same for everyone. It's a very personal thing. We're all at different levels of growth, all of us. Every one of us are different in where we're at in these five purposes of the church. Uh, for one person, they need to go deeper in their intimate life with the Lord. That's your worship life. For some folks, we need to go deeper in the Word of God. Being a disciple, it just so happens right now on Sundays for a few weeks, we're doing a series called True Followers. That would be this. In fact, that whole sermon series fits into that purpose of the church that should be brought to the Lord's church. We're actually fulfilling one of the purposes of the Lord's church in our church calendar by even doing that series. Um, another is we need to go deeper in relationship with each other. That has to do with uh, fellowship. Didn't we recently have a sermon series about that, about relationships? There you go. That's touching a topic of the purpose of the Lord's church. Others uh, have to go deeper into their service in the kingdom of God. Obviously, that represents service. Uh, many have to go deeper in their love for souls. Uh, you have to remember evangelism is a call of a church body of believers. You and I are living witnesses in the church's evangelism. 
But evangelism is a church purpose, not an individual purpose. Yes, there are evangelists. There are those gifted with evangelism. No question about it. But the body of believers, we're living witnesses. The church's purpose is to evangelize. Uh, so some of these, I don't know, maybe some folks need to go deeper in more than one of these areas. That's common. I haven't arrived, right? We all are under construction. So uh, actually we need to monitor these five areas in our lives if we truly want to be a vibrant, normal Christian. So for our local church, let's talk about this briefly. How do we express these five purposes? Well, let's look at worship, for example. Um, very important that we remember worship is not a Sunday-only church experience or Sunday-only Wednesday night. Uh, it is bringing Him the worth that is due Him by the way we live our lives, especially when no one is watching. How will we live a life that is worthy of Him, that worships Him, giving Him the worth due His name? Um, and yes, it certainly, and isn't limited to, song, singing. It would be a mistake to say all oh, worship means music. Major mistake. It's how you live your life. We often tell folks when we receive an offering here of folks' finances, that's an act of worship. When you put your finances into the kingdom of God, you're worshiping. Big deal. Uh, but singing. Hey, do you sing to him? It's also very important we learn to sing to him. I've told, I've told the story here before in church. I'll mention it again tonight. I won't mention the person's name. There was a famous Christian leader. I think he's gone home to be with the Lord. Um, had a church of about 5,000 people. He originally, uh, well, uh, anyway, 5,000 people. And he fell into a deep depression. And he would be constantly into uh, demand to traveling all over the world to speak. And whenever he got on an airplane, he would hope it would crash. So he wouldn't have to live anymore. And of course, the plane didn't crash, which made him even more depressed. So finally, one day he comes to his senses, hey, I can't live like this. This is wrong. And he realized... Uh, I don't know, the Lord said something to him in prayer one time about uh, going back to your first love or something. And he realized when he started, quote, ministry in his life, he was a song leader. He wasn't the worship leader of the church, but in some, in some churches uh, the, you have the worship director, uh, similar to our church, but they also have a song leader. He's the person always who leads in song. It's a different kind of philosophy. We don't have that here, but he was also the song leader of his church. And he remembered that and the Lord just told him to sing and worship him. So his testimony was he sung his way out of depression. Every day he would sing unto the Lord. I don't know for how long, but the depression lifted. He repented for his stupid thinking of wanting the plane to crash. And it really changed his life drastically. For him, going deeper was, I need to live a deeper life of worship, which I have forgotten. He was too busy in the administration of a very large church. He lost the very essence of what it is really about. It's about Jesus. So, hey, do you worship the Lord? Do we take time to be quiet and listen to him? That's a part of worship. Uh, it's uh, truly a, a need for us to be intimate with him. And there's a need for that in the spirit. 
Praying in tongues, a prayer language, is an easy, quick, fast track to get there. Singing in tongues especially. Uh, so, you know, uh, we need to be going deeper, maybe for some folks, maybe here tonight, in worship. Discipleship. Um, we need to be disciplined ones, learned ones. That's what disciple means. We have a sermon series on this on Sundays. Uh, so if you're listening to the Sunday series, you're starting to get this little by little about true followers. Um, what discipleship means is that we need to go deeper in the Word of God. Our Bible school exists for this purpose. That's why it exists. We don't just do the books of the Bible, but we do the theology. In other words, how is it integrated together? You find many people know a lot about the Bible, but not how it all fits. It does fit. And knowing that gives it purpose to why you're studying what you're studying, why you're reading what you're reading. How about some hands? Who's been to Bible school here in our church? Bible school people? Yeah, we've got a few. Hey, they are. Graduates also. Hey, praise God. Good experience, Pastor Bob? Yeah. That, that's your first time you've been to more than one school. That was your first. I thought you were at the other one too, in the other church. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a going deeper all by itself, that we're um, all on our own personal discipleship journey. You know, it's, it's part of uh, the pastoral duty of a church to disciple the Lord's people, to walk in victory, to walk in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, how to obtain it, how to find victory in it. A lot of people don't listen, but you still do it anyway. And hopefully they'll get it eventually if they heard it seven, eight times. You still do it. Uh, it's our job. You speak to whoever has an ear to hear and a heart to serve their risen Savior and let the Lord take care of the rest. Uh, but uh, we all, all are on a personal discipleship. Um, and it's more than just former structural learning. What are we doing with the Word of God? We need to be speaking the Word of God out of our lips, out of our mouths every day. Too often, you know, if you listen to the conversations believers have, they speak more about the culture that they live in than the Word of God. That is not a disciple. God, save me from that. We need, about, need to be having the Word of God on our lips. And also regarding a discipleship, accountability is a part of that. Who are we accountable to in our lives? Who are we allowing to speak into our lives? This is all healthy discipleship relationship. And you know, there's many discipleship opportunities in this particular church. There's women ministry starting up again, uh, opportunities for women's breakfasts, women's retreats, uh, men's ministries opportunities are starting up again uh, with men's meetings, men's breakfasts, men's retreats. So whether it's men's retreats, women's retreats, uh, relationships need to be developed. Uh, and uh, we need to become more accountable to one another. That's healthy. Real growth in Christ doesn't happen here. It happens when you go out the doors. And it happens when you rub shoulders with one another. And you learn from one another. We teach one another what it is to be a believer. And if you really look back at your life, that's how you learn how to walk with the Lord, by watching how other people did. Christianity is monkey see, monkey do, monkey follow after you. It is. Nothing wrong with that. However, if we're following the wrong things, that's a problem. So we don't want to do that. But that leads us right into the next one here, fellowship. Uh, we need to fellowship. It's a priority, being in contact with one another. Again, we need to rub shoulders with one another. This is where that real growth experience happens for us. 
Uh, we need one another. We've got to really get that. We need one another. Not to as much know you after the flesh, that is your personality, but what the Lord of God has put in you that will touch my life, how I will touch your life. Because certainly there's people you may not be that friendly with, but you're learning faithfulness by watching their lives so you can be faithful. You're learning uh, um, uh, charity and uh, 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 generosity from their lives so that you can be the same. You're learning how they're enthused as they walk with the Lord, and I'm going to get enthused that way. We need that with one another. Uh, we need each other in the body of Christ, or we've missed it big time. We were never meant to be islands onto our own. Just me and Jesus. No, it's not. He's got a body connected to his head, and that's us. Uh, so we offer home fellowship groups. There are great examples, great opportunities for both discipleship and fellowship. Um, you may want to check that out. Some people need to do that. Next here is service. You know, why do we serve? Uh, well, one major reason is it kills selfishness. I need to have selfishness killed in me. I need to be inconvenienced. I need to put someone else more important than myself. Sometimes I don't want to. Too bad, die to self and do it. I need to. I need to. Does that become selfish then? I'm not sure. But I, but I need to do this. I need to kill selfishness in me. We all need to give away our lives so that we bear fruit for him. Too many churches are stagnant swamps of knowledge, not giving out what they've already obtained. Uh, that particular teaching I did on um, uh, watering seed, I used an example. I don't know if some of you are aware of this. Uh, rivers are their science calls one river an old river and one river a young river. And it has nothing to do with their age. An old river is stagnant when the waters don't move out of it. A young river is constantly moving waters quickly, frequently out, making new tributaries. It's active and moving out. We don't want to be stagnant with the things of God. We want to be constantly giving out what we've received. That's being a young river. That's being something that's constantly moving and sowing. So we need to give ourselves away in service. Uh, this is where the Lord's church here, uh, I think, uh, truly shines, uh, especially when we reach out to the community beyond the four walls, or I guess in our case, eight walls. Uh, many of you, I'm sure, enjoy the things grace and peace does for you. This is because there's people at grace and peace doing this, right? They're giving themselves a way to you that you would enjoy that, all that we enjoy. Uh, anytime any, I benefit from something at the Church of Grace and Peace, and I do, it isn't because something dropped out of heaven. It's because people gave their lives away to me. And I need to realize that. I'm being blessed by their service. Your service blesses somebody else. And we have so many examples of this. It is absolutely incredible. I can't tell you how many people that I've heard of that uh, didn't commit suicide because they came in contact with somebody from this church that just showed them kindness that nobody showed them, and they changed their mind. Isn't that wild? I've heard that story many times because somebody was nice to them here at the church. Incredible. You have no idea sometimes the lives you touch. You won't know till you're home with the Lord. You just won't know. Um, 
Hey, do you, you ever think about walking up to folks and however they serve here and just saying, thank you for serving the Lord? I don't know about you, but don't you ever walk up to a vet who's got a cap on that says World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and say, thank you for serving your country? Don't you ever do that? I do. Did that to a guy in uh, ShopRite a couple days back. Uh, and he said, thank you. Hey, we should be walking up to one another. Thank you for serving the Lord. You bless me. You never can tell people need to hear that. You just don't know sometimes. Uh, how many lives have you touched through divorce care ministry that who knows what would have happened to them if they weren't touched? It's the Lord. We know that, but it came through you. Thank you for serving the Lord. Lives were changed and are still changed. Wow. People who serve here in the food pantry. Um, so many ways. Uh, so I would encourage you for some of you, that's how you need to go deeper. You need to give away your life. You need to lose your life into the needs of others. We have a ministry to Seaside Heights on a monthly basis, helping the indigent out there. We have a yearly ministry uh, to the Lakewood streets uh, that we do. Uh, our food pantry, my gosh, has been touching lives, especially this past year, in amazing, amazing ways. Um, now, this is very key when you start to discover your spiritual gifts and the shape that God has put you in. Because how you are shaped in the Lord may not be the way I'm shaped in the Lord. That's okay. And the gifts that you have may not be the gifts I have. But we need them for each other. We bless each other with them. And you got them, even though you might say, I don't have any spiritual gifts. Maybe you just haven't discovered them yet. I don't know when. It may not be this year. But definitely we have to have a uh, a Saturday morning class on discovering your spiritual gifts. We've done that many times at Grace and Peace. It's time to do it again. And once you find your spiritual gifts, things, you know, the expression is it puts salt in your shaker. You know why you do the way you do, why you exist the way you were meant to exist for, why you're meant to serve in the way you should serve. There's nothing more frustrating in serving in an area you have no giftings for. Churches are classic for having people help in administration who have no administrational gifts. They're classic for having people minister to mercy to people who have no mercy to give. Uh, they're classic for having people serve in children's churches who have no ministry to children in them. I have nothing in me to minister to children. Don't bring them to me. I will pat them on the head. Nice kid. I might have some candy. Here you go, kid. Give them some candy. Where is your mother? And off they go. There's nothing in me that ministers to children. And when any time I've been asked to do it, frustration, I try my best. I'm not gifted like that. Don't put someone in a place to serve where they're not gifted. So discovering where your gifts are at gives you encouragement. Oh, I was made for this. And it, and it really, really puts salt in your shaker. So we're going to be doing that. Look for that. If you don't know what they are already, you need to discover your spiritual giftings. They motivate you. Uh, from Romans chapter 12, uh, that set of gifts have, have been coined motivational gifts, that we motivate uh, ourselves from them. Uh, they, 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 my motivational gift is teaching. Wasn't that a surprise? It's not mercy. Although I am very merciful, it's not mercy. Uh, you know, we have to learn to find out what they are and operate like that. Okay, the last one here is evangelism. As I said before, this is a corporate task. The Lord's church is called to evangelize. And we all play a part in this in some way. Uh, it starts with each and every one of us caring about souls. 
We need to care about people's eternity. And this could be by personally sharing your faith. This could be what you learn to pass on to others. It can be just praying for others. Because everybody out there that doesn't know Christ as their Savior is a pre-Christian. They just haven't discovered it yet. So we need to pray for pre-Christians. Uh, there's opportunities for, to be involved in evangelistic work indirectly. Our Seaside House, uh, House. Heights Outreach, our Lakewood Outreach, uh, promoting missions here, promoting people that go on mission works uh, is a very important thing. Our church is very involved with local missions, national missions, world missions. Your finances that you give to the church and always in some aspect goes to that. So you need to know you're already doing that, praise God. But as opportunities come up, hey, take that really serious. You know, Oral Roberts uh, in the 1950s used to have a saying, um, uh, they used to, how can I put this? A lot of churches used to have a sign that said pennies for missions. It's a very common phrase, 1940s, 1950s. And Oral Roberts didn't like that. He used to say, yeah, dollars for churches, pennies for missions. And he had a good point. Putting out the gospel outside our walls is a very serious issue. Why do we think of that in terms of pennies and not in terms of dollars? So, you know, realizing the mission work of the church is a very important thing. People who give into something that doesn't benefit you directly. I mean, if you give into an offering here where you get nicer seats, nicer carpets, hey, that's good. You benefit from it. But when you give your money into, into mission work, Bye, there it goes. You don't see in this world, this side of heaven, results, really. You don't. You hear good reports, that's nice. But to do such a thing, you have to be kingdom-minded, where you see yourself as a person sending forth the kingdom of God. You may not physically be able to go, but your money can go because they have to pay bills like anybody else, and sometimes they're higher than you pay. And, uh, you know, Helping others go forth to bring forth the kingdom of God and however they're called to do it is an exciting thing to be part of. So that's very important. Um, so another way to look at these five purposes here that we just looked at is uh, the five purposes of the church are also for the purpose of bearing fruit, which we started out by talking about. And we need to get it that we are meant to be fruit bearers. I say that a lot, but we bear fruit in worship. We bear fruit in discipleship. We bear fruit in fellowship. We bear fruit in our service to the Lord. We bear fruit in the church as evangelism. Let me read to you from John's gospel in chapter 15. These are Jesus' words. I want to look at verses 1, 2, 5, and 8. Jesus is speaking, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. Now for some of you here, just sitting here today, this is a type of sermon that is pruning you. Cutting away the things that you shouldn't have so that more good branches can grow out of you. Because the Father wants to see fruit in you, in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Wow, what an amazing statement. Uh, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. My education can't produce anything of eternal value. My hard work can't produce anything of eternal value. My money can't produce anything of eternal value. My good looks, your good looks, can't produce anything of eternal value. Fruit comes from being connected to him. But if I'm connected to him, my education has value, right? My hard work in the kingdom has value. The money I give has value, right? And yeah, maybe even your good looks have value. He makes us good looking because we, we look like him. Amen. Verse 8, Jesus is speaking, By this is my Father glorified, that you bear uh, not just fruit, much fruit. So you prove to be my disciples. You know, don't tell me how much you love the Lord. Show me how much you love the Lord. How do I do that? By the fruit you bear, by the service you give in the kingdom of God. Uh, this is the only reason you and I got saved, found Christ as our Savior, and didn't go poof into heaven. Why didn't you go poof? You received the Lord. You belong there, right? No, 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 no. Because in this body, you are required to bear fruit in your generation for him. And only he knows when the accomplishment of that is done. And when the accomplishment is done, then it's poof time, not before. So we need to meet with him every day. And the issue we meet in is what fruit will I bear? And one day when we meet him face to face, uh, the issue will be what fruit we did or did not bear for him in the kingdom of God. It's a fruit issue. It always was a fruit issue. One day the Lord will never examine what we had in our heads. He'll examine what we had in our hearts. And he'll examine what fruit bore out of those hearts. It comes out of the heart, not the head. So what did he, we will, we'll give an account for what did we do with the gifts he placed in us. Hopefully we didn't hide them somewhere. Remember that parable of Jesus. Hopefully we didn't bury them, but we used them and we used them and we used them and the Lord is pleased. Uh, we're meant to be fruit bearers. Nothing else is going to satisfy you in your Christian walk. Definitely we need to go deeper to bear more fruit. God put this in us to want to bear fruit. If you reject what he puts in you, you will live a dry life this side of heaven. Doesn't mean you're lost, but it means you'll live a dry life this side of heaven. And there's a lot of dry Christians out there with pusses on their faces just waiting for the rapture. That is never the way we were meant to live. I can tell you uh, what I want, need to bear fruit for, but I can't tell you what you have to bear fruit for. That's personal. What you were meant to do, what you have to discover that from your time with the Lord. I think I told this story once before, but we had a brother in the Lord here. He was a very good salesman, uh, very good at what he did, top line for his company that he worked for, but he wasn't happy and he didn't understand it. Um, there was a temporary layoff of salesmen from his company, very temporary for a time. They gave him some money, uh, but... Um, he knew he had to do some work at a big family, so he took on a job as a substitute teacher. He had a college degree. It was a high school, and he was shocked. For the first time in his life, he was happy with what he did. He realized he was always meant to be a school teacher and never noticed. Quit the job he had and became a full-time school teacher in a high school. 
And I think he later became a principal because he realized his life was meant to mentor young people and he didn't even know it. Totally changed his life. He was happy with what he did. His gifts met with what he was doing. And he was bearing fruit the way he was meant to bear fruit. Uh, that's an amazing thing. Uh, I know uh, it tells us that deep calls to deep. So whatever deep in you is yearning for the deep things of the Spirit, he will lead you into that for the sake of bearing fruit. In Hebrews, it tells us he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you go deeper and seeking the Lord, you'll find the deeper roots you need. You'll find the water that's only found in him that you need, and you'll bear the fruit that you need. And you'll all of a sudden click and go, things are right. Don't say, I don't know why they're right. The answer is it was right because you went deeper and you're uh, using the giftings God's given you. So I sincerely hope um, many of you here tonight will leave seeking deeper waters. Uh, I hope you're seeing your future perhaps today in these five purposes we looked at. Uh, we were never meant just to uh, sit here and warm these nice friendly seats uh, clap our hands a few times on a Sunday morning, say, ooh, I love you, Jesus, and think that was our Christian experience? It isn't. Our Christianity has to mean a lot more than that. If anything, this is a training ground when you enter these doors because you actually leave to do the work. You know, policemen, they have, I don't know what they call that, their morning briefing, is that it? Those of you know police work? Is it their morning briefing they have before the day starts? and they give them the briefing of what's happening, and then they go out in their police cars or go out to do their work. But they go to the briefing first before they go out to do the work of a police officer. This is your briefing because your real work is done outside these doors, not here. Um, our Christianity has to mean a lot more. So we're meant to be challenged by the Spirit of God in our hearts. We're meant to kill selfishness in us, to seek that out. We're meant to be fruit bearers in the generation we live in. Can't do anything about generations that were before me. All I can do is maybe plant seeds for the next generations to come. But this one that I'm in, I'm responsible for. What am I doing here? I don't know what area of your life that you need to go deeper in. I certainly have areas I need to go deeper in. I want to. Chances are it'll be more than one area. That's normal. But wherever that would be, whatever area, uh, I was given, I believe, by the Lord tonight to tell you, as a body of believers here at Grace and Peace, we need all to go deeper. And that's very personal how you respond to that. I can't tell you how to do that. I can just give suggestions. I hope um, this becomes part of your prayer time in the days ahead, that you'll view the body of Christ through these five purposes that we looked at. Corporately as a church, and where do you fit in that as well? How about if we close in prayer? Father God, uh, send us your spirit to bring us a craving for more, a craving to go deeper, that we would not be satisfied with yesterday's water, yesterday's seed, that we would be seeking today's water and today's seed, that we would be planning for tomorrow's water and tomorrow's seed, that we would be actively in the, in the process, Father, of being fruit bearers. Not about praying how to help, but just go do help. And be people who are doers of the word of God, Father God.
and so affect, Lord God, this generation for Christ. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, this was your idea. We ask you to carry it out through us. And we thank you for that, for all these fine folks here and those that would hear this message. We thank you for that, truly that we would have a heart to serve our risen Savior. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. amen.